Hello, everyone. This is Steve. And this is Andy. And this is Steve and Andy meet Adventure Comics number 110. We skipped around a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And and now we're back. We lost our way. We lost our way. That's yeah. That's right. Somehow, so last week we did a special uh, Bizarro episode. Right. Um, or not last week, last time. Right, well, yeah. And yeah. the time before that, uh, we did Adventure Comics week, number... Weeks where, weeks where Steve and Andy's don't come out, I don't even consider them weeks. Yeah, that's... There's only... <laughs> there's only... <laughs> like, 26 weeks in yeah. a year. And you know that, like, that break that we had? Yeah. From... Our last episode until when we came back with the Super Bowl comics, episode. Yeah. Oh, nothing. Right. There was nothing. Nothing. The time happened. ceased to exist. Yeah. Yeah. It stood still. <laughs> so, yes, here we are back with another Adventure Comics. We're reviewing comics, kind of going, not really reviewing them, I guess. What would you say? We're just reading comics to you. Reading them. Yeah, we're reading them to We're more like summarizing them, you know? Yeah, just so you don't have to bother to, to, yeah, to read yeah. them. It's a, this is really a, a social service, I like to think of it as. It kind of is, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's kind of like if you went to the store and you saw, like, a back issue, and you're like, oh, this will sound, you know, looks good, but, yeah, you know, I, I really want to read, I don't I really want to read seven pages of stories, or, like, I'm illiterate, I can't read, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, You could follow along, I mean, you can't, yeah, if you can't we read, we'll let us read for you. Yeah, I mean, we also have, uh. Steve and Andy meet the great works of literature. <laughs> and we just read them? Yeah, yeah. We're, we talk about, like, like this upcoming week, we're going to talk about what happened in Crime and Punishment. And then, yeah, the, the previous was Moby Dick. Yeah. It was a 12-hour-long podcast. Yeah. Probably longer, a, I don't know. But in a couple weeks, we're going to do Seven Chinese Brothers, so it should only take, like, five minutes. <laughs> and here we are, meeting the... One of them it, swallows a big lake. Spoiler Actually, that's, that's a spoiler alert. Yeah. Well, I'll put a spoiler tag in this in this podcast. Yeah. So we're reading adventure comics. Uh, we're on one ten now, mm-hmm. and these feature these are from the nineteen forties. I believe this is yeah. November nineteen forty five, and uh, these feature Superboy among others. Superboy is the main star, although his story usually. Is the shortest, right? Or it's Johnny very Qu- short. Johnny Quick is the only one that has a ten-page story. Everyone else has like seven. So we're not reading the Johnny Quick stories no. for that reason. You would think it'd be the other way around, since he's Johnny Quick. You think he would end his story with quicker? Page, yeah. But no, yeah. it doesn't work that way. But yeah. so we're reading the uh, Superboy, Aquaman, and Green Arrow stories, and uh, the cover of Adventure Comics number one ten always features Superboy, and. Uh, we got Superboy, it's kind of, there's a brick wall there, there's kind of a, a weird-looking kid. How, how would you say he's dressed? Um, I don't know, I mean, his hat's too big. His hat's too big, he's got one of those his kind pants of, like... Are too, his pants are too big? Yeah. He's an ill-fitting clothes kid, and Superboy's just busting through this uh, brick wall, and the brick wall has a label, Superboy's Testing Grounds. I guess he just tests on walls. Uh, yeah, I don't know if he's testing his own strength or the wall's strength. Oh, that could be true. Because he's such a menace to all of Smallville, busting through walls and stuff all the time. People want a Superboy-proof wall. Yeah, they, that's true. <laughs> and the kid is thinking, what we've all been thinking for these past isn't that what weeks. Isn't that what Pink Floyd's The Wall's about? <laughs> Superboy busting through walls. 
The, the kid says to himself, seems as though it would have been almost as easy to go around the wall. I like it's he qualifies it with almost as easy. But Superboy hates walls. I think that's his number one enemy is walls. And yeah. that's featured prominently in most of the Superboy stories. Not in mm-hmm. the one in this issue, as far as I can remember. I don't well, think... no, because they put it on the cover, so they're like, yeah, we, they're like, oh, we got it. it. Yeah. We got it done. This issue, the Superboy story, the farmer takes it easy. Yep. The farmer's always slacking off, and Superboy's got to oh, pick know. up pick up the slack, and that's exactly what he does in this issue. Government-funded <laughs> That's what Super, Superboy's is. End farm subsidies. Yep. He's getting paid not to grow anything. <laughs> Superboy is, uh, we see on the splash page, he's got a scythe, a very old-school farm instrument. Mm-hmm. And he's cutting down some hay. And uh, he, he was actually, in the panel before this one, the one that we don't see, he was yeah. cutting down some farmers. <laughs> I, I thought you was marijuana is Superboy's number one cash crop. Well, it is, yeah. He treats that He's a, a lot like George deadly. Washington that way. <laughs> uh, we see Superboy cutting down some hay, and this this lazy farmer in the background kind of swinging something. I can't tell what that is. I thought he was just swinging in general. He was looking yeah, for he's uh, just back a there, key party. He's back there swinging, and it says, In the latest, in this latest adventure, young Clark Kent, who is destined to become a famous reporter, learns what makes headlines. A worried farm lad wins his wish to go to school. That does not that make it. Head- no, that would that would. I think that would even be the like the head, the top headline on like the New York Times. The New York Times, week. and it says a worried yeah. farm lad wins his wish to go to school. Right. Yeah. Uh, Superboy gets a workout that makes a thrilling scoop for the Daily Planet. None. It's not thrilling. This is. I would even go as far to say as this is the least thrilling Superboy. <laughs> story that we have read so far and we've read on, on some our unthrilling ones <laughs> we've read yeah we've read some some yeah some unthrilling our, ones. superboy is like the seinfeld of like comic strips yeah it's like, def- nothing happens it's a comic strip about nothing Re- stuff happens in this but it's not that exciting no, I, i'm just yeah. gonna warn our viewers i i like how we really sell our podcast here people are tuning mm-hmm. out those who those who have downloaded have already deleted the yeah this one, uh, Superboy doesn't do anything. Yeah, it doesn't do anything. Just, just turn it off. Throw away your iPod. Yeah. Dude, people, people don't have iPods anymore, probably. Yeah. Your iPhone. Anyway. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> your i something or other. Yeah. Your people are listening to this on their watch. Oh my god. Yeah. You gonna get a an Apple Watch? No, I think I don't even wear a watch. I think. And neither do I, but you know, depends on what it does. If I can just talk to it like Dick Tracy, then you would do it. I would do it if it looked like the Dick Tracy watch. Now, what if it came with like a a, a mask with no features on it, so you would look like the blank instead? <laughs> I'd, I'd consider it then. Yeah, okay. When I was a kid, I had a like a plastic Dick Tracy watch. Yeah, I think I did like too. That. Did that come in a McDonald's when... set, or was that something? Else? It I'd, may have been. I don't it know. might have come with the toys. I had Dick Tracy toys. And their legs oh, would I, pop yeah, off really easily, remember? Yeah. You could, mm-hmm. like, replace the legs, yeah. That was, that was a yeah. good toy line. It was. When that movie came out in 1990, Yeah, I was interviewed by the news for it. You know, one of the local news stations. Yeah. I was in line on opening day to see it, and I was wearing, like, a yellow fedora and everything. <laughs> was the head... That that's make, makes headlines. The headline was... It was. A, a worried <laughs> farm lad wins his wish to see Dick Tracy on opening day. Yeah, I told him I wasn't worried and I wasn't a farmland, but 
Like, no, 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 this is headline. This is headline stuff, kid. Yeah, they're like, this is how it becomes a headline, you know? It has to be a worried farm lad. Yeah, the, uh, the Dick Tracy movie, it's been a long time since I've seen it, though. But I do <laughs> fondly remember the toy line. And were they made by yeah. the same people who made the Ninja Turtles? Mattel? Playmate. You know, like Playmate. Oh, okay. Because they had the, kind of the same body proportions. Yeah, it was Playboy's um, toy line, Playmates. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I can't. I, I I can't. It's true though. So what can you say? Yeah. The novelization for the movie, which was written by Max Allen Collins, yeah, gave away the big spoiler at the end. The novelization did. Well, it has yeah, to, right? Who the, it's blank, a novel... who the blank was? It's a novelization. Yeah, but uh, like Disney was really super secretive, which is why supposedly uh, didn't the toy didn't wasn't there out. a blank toy? Yeah, but it was never like really released. Oh, oh, okay. Is that that's because you is, could take the little thing off and reveal it to be Madge, Madonna. There is a um, a you know, Mask of the Phantasm, the Batman, yeah, movie had a similar, and it spoils the ending, doesn't it? Well, the the toy does like directly spoil yeah. the ending. Yeah, <laughs> they don't yeah. even have like oh, buy the Phantasm and take it. You have to, it's just there, right? You don't even have to buy the toy. You can just be walking through the toy aisle and have a quote. Oh, yeah, that's true. I remember that now. Yeah. yeah that's... I want to say, like, the... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, that's probably the most egregious case of a toy spoiling a movie. I can't think of others, but that is... Yeah, I don't know. The blank, I thought they did release, but I, I think you're right that they did not actually wind up releasing that toy. Because no one would want to um... buy a Madonna toy anyway. So back to Superboy. The farmer takes it easy. We open the long. I that was. I thought that's what this story was about. The, the blank, blank figure. Yeah. That that would make headlines. Literally yeah. made a headline. There it is. A Tom Tom Arts action figure digest. The headline. Um, but this is a different kind of headline because we meet Jack Smart uh, of the Metropolis Daily Planet. And uh, I, it says the long arm of coincidence does some stretching. And then we just see this this guy, and he's kind of like cornering Clark Kent. You see in one panel, he's Jack Smart, you, the reporter. If you notice that the, the, the two panels, one yeah. Jack's up against the wall, and the other one uh, Clark's up against the wall, they kind of do a really tight squeeze in the side. Yeah, because he's getting real close. Clark's backed up against the wall. He goes, hey, you should be able to steer me to Superboy. My boss wants me to interview him. Just getting real close. He can smell his breath. He's probably yeah. drunk, too. Oh, no doubt. And he goes, Superboy's probably a smart aleck kid with much muscle and no brains. But people yeah, are talking about, that about that was That was like something crazy. Why you all of a sudden start just ragging on Superboy? Yeah, Jack Smart is a, is a loose cannon, I would say. Yeah. And Clark defends Superboy, of course. He's not like that. He's and he Clark's kind of like Deep Throat, if you think about it. <laughs> in the story. And then uh, the Clark and Jack Smart, the reporter, they're walking through Main Street of Smallville, and they come across... This uh, this kid, he's kind of a farm Tom Sawyer looking kid. The Jack Smart goes, "I'm going to be in trouble." In yellow, yeah, he's dressed like, all in uh, yellow. Picasso's blue boy, but it's yellow. <laughs> Jack Smart says, "I'm going to be in trouble with my chief if I don't find Superboy." Maybe this kid knows him. Why would this like weird? I don't know. Jack Smart's just trying to follow all leads. Look at this ragged hat he's wearing. Yeah, too. the kids is wearing. It looks like I would say Tom Sawyer was the inspiration for this. Yeah, this I kid. Know. Uh, this kid is Joe Marsh, 
Clark Kent goes up, uh, says to him, this is a newspaper reporter, and he's looking for Superboy. Knows wh- know where he is? Joe Marsh. He's looking really sad. He goes, no, but I wish I did. I uh, <laughs> Then I could go back to school with the rest of the kids tomorrow. He's really a downer. Yeah, he really is. And Superboy says, hey, stop killing my vibe, man. Mm-hmm. He says, no, you've got to go back. You're the star pupil, and more importantly, one of our best athletes. That's what Clark really cares about. That's all he cares about, yeah. He goes, I he can't. Did, like the, the yeah. stuff going on with the University of North Carolina. It's all Joe Marsh. Clark doesn't care. Yeah. He's like, well, good. They should be. You know? uh, uh, Joe Marsh says, my father says I can't go back. I, I've got to help him out on the farm. He's really sick. He needs my help to support the family. And, and of course, the ever-sensitive uh, Jack Smart just goes, hey, that's, that's a tough break, kid. <laughs> Yeah, but it would be really great if Superboy could help you. And Jack Smart's kind of, like, grabbing him in this panel. Oh, I know. It's getting real close. He's shaking him. And then we see the next panel, uh, Clark Kent ducks away. He goes, you know, maybe Superboy can help him. And and in the background, we see just the sh- shadowy figure of Jack Smart still uncomfortably close. And he, and he says, do you want to make $5 the hard way? <laughs> and if Clark Kent sneaks into the bushes... And he rips off his clothes. It looks like he puts them in just a plastic grocery bag. Yeah, he always has one in his pocket. And he, he leaps out. He says, hey, I'm I'm here to help on the farm. And he flies off to the farm. Minutes later at the Marsh farm, Superboy comes up. He sees old old man Marsh. Why are all these old guys have such young kids? Yeah, that's true. This 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 old guy looks like he's in his 70s, right? And he's sickly. Yeah. And his kid like he's is near death. Eight or nine, yeah. Well, there's, you know... Now, do you think they have old wives, or do you think they have, like... No, he's like got a young, young, hot, young hot wife, old, like old man. Mail order, mail order bride? Yeah, Russian bride. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the commercial for that website that does that? No. Well, I don't know what it, that... What does that play on? What... What, uh... Network? I don't remember. I've just seen it on television a few times. And I can't think of, for the life of me, what... What the name of the company is. I bet if I just type in... You don't, do you want that in your search history? That's. The <laughs> I probably looked it up before just to see if this was really true. Yeah, it's true. There's a documentary on Netflix. About no, no, no I mean, if interesting. Yeah. The uh, all the, the actual mar- service. Yeah, I would be. I'd be wary of it, of any service. I guess like that. Um, Anas- Anastasia Global is what it's called. That's what that's what old man Marsh used to find his young. Yeah, kid. there is no doubt. Superboy comes up. He starts helping him move wood. Uh, Old man, Mar- I think he's faking it because he he was lifting wood just fine there. He goes, "Oh, I'm actually sicker than I want to let on." On you know, yeah, he just he wants want to some do workers' working. comp. Yeah, he's trying to form a union of him and his own son at his own farm. Uh, <laughs> he's uh, Superboy says, "Don't worry, just relax. I'll take care of it." Just then, uh, Joe Marsh and Jack Smart, the reporter, run up. And they see this cloud of dust. What is it? It looks like a dust storm, but no, it's Superboy. Doing... It appears to be like a weird like chainsaw. Yeah, he's. I and... thought he was going to kill Old Man Marsh. Well, yeah, but the Joe Marsh says he's doing Dad's plowing. <laughs> oh my God! He said it's just ten minutes. He's nearly done. He almost finished. Now he's uh, looking for other stuff Joe, to do. I think Joe Marsh wanted to say it's Superboy plowing Dad. <laughs> so that's what was the the editor took that out. Yeah. Uh, Superboy then starts wrapping up all the hay. He gets lazy, though. They they have all these piles of hay. Yeah, I know. He and he doesn't... just wraps it all up into one giant blob, which probably is not the way you want to do it, because I think they need... 
you know, they might sell some of the hay or give mm. it away, and now it's just in this giant, giant blob. But they're pretty happy with it. Superboy puts it in the barn. Then he starts chopping down a, a, a bunch of trees. Uh, they, they didn't. They didn't actually ask him to do that. He just <laughs> hates trees and walls. Yeah. He rips up the uh, some of the tree stumps, and Joe Marsh is excited. He goes, "Don't tell me you're going to yank them out with your bare hands." Superboy goes, "I might not be able to do that." So I, I don't want to embarrass myself in front of you. What a show off. So yeah. instead he uses... I mean, that's the only reason why he's doing any of this. Yeah, he just wants to show off. Instead he uses his lever system to rip out all the logs, chops them up into logwood. He goes, enough stove wood here to keep you warm for a long time. And this is my favorite line in the whole issue. Old man Marsh says, it's making me warm just watching you. Oh, God. He's getting First real. First he was plowing them, now he's getting... He's oh. getting real warm. Watching Superboy saw those logs. Yeah. Oh. Watching that, that young, fit body. Yeah. You guys, I sun. might have to return my mail-order bride, is what Old Man Marsh is thinking. Yep. Right. So he goes... The Superboy then needs to clear a swamp. Old Man, how did... It, they had so much backed-up work on this farm. Clearing swamps, cutting... Plowing all their fields, all the... Firewood. It would have taken Old Man Marsh and his kid years to do all this. Well, seriously, I mean, it was supposed to take this kid like a year to do all this work. And you can't, I mean, it, it, maybe it was different in the 40s, but you can't just, like, keep your kid at home because you got stuff to do. He's got to go to I school. Think right? I think it was different. It probably 40s. actually was different in the 40s, yeah. And so Superboy's digging out the swamp. He, he burrows a giant hole in the ground looking for uh, a natural cavern. Jack Smart, a terrible reporter, is just thinking, if only I had a camera. You're a reporter. Get a camera. And Superboy finds the an underground aquifer, d- drains all the swamp water into it, which contaminates the entire right. town's water table. People get sick from that. This is a nasty swamp on Old Man Marsh's. Yeah. And who knows what shit he's been throwing yeah, in there. Literally, figuratively, everything. Yeah, he's just yeah. dumping chemicals in there. Yeah, um, dumping old dead Mail order rides. <laughs> so they start they start to get a little worried as Superboy's been down there a long time. But then he pops up through the field. Oh, look at this Blackson. proud, proud look on his face. Uh, and and they're of course happy. The Joe Marsh can go back to school. Jack Smart's got his story. The next day, Superboy got the show off. Yeah, that Superboy's the happiest of all. The next day, as uh, the new school term begins, old. Uh, Jack Smart's got the newspaper. He's just and now he's just hanging out on elementary school grounds, handing out papers. Yeah, showing newspapers to kids. The boss wants me to stick around in case Superboy shows up again. The headline is Herculean labor of Superboy uh, rescues farm lad education. That was the headline. Superboy. Oh, and big bold letters too. Clark is really happy. Yeah, he's pumped. He's pumped up, and that's it. Superboy, not much happened, not too exciting, but, you know. No, Joe Marsh is wearing a new hat at the end. Finally, Superboy didn't ruin everyone's life. Yeah, I know, that's what's strange. Yeah, he really, he he salted the fields. Yeah. Salted the earth there so nothing will grow. Old Man Marsh and his Russian bride will starve. Superman took nudie photos of the mail-order bride and he's selling them on the schoolyard. That was Jack Smart did that. No, oh, okay. That was Jack Smart. <laughs> Moving That's on. That's why you wish he had a camera. Yeah, he's like, I wish I had a camera. He's he could see right in the window. <laughs> That's what he was really saying. The Green Arrow. And this Green Arrow is a William Tell-centric story, and I'm very surprised 
they haven't done one of these yet. Yeah. Uh, it took them well into the 40s to do one. This probably <laughs> isn't the last one we'll see. I mean, there's probably. only so many archery-themed tales. You have Robin Hood. You have uh, William Tell. And that's that's about it in terms of... You have Green Arrow himself. You have Green Arrow himself, that's true. He is now a legend, but at this time, yeah. he was just starting out. And this yeah. is Crime at the Core. The splash page of this is... I, I think it's pretty cool, actually. We see Green Arrow shooting an arrow at this giant apple. It's split open, and it contains these two mobsters kind of in there with their guns, looking really surprised. Speedy's just running towards them with no clear <laughs> plan, but it, it's pretty cool. I, I like this, this splash page. What were they doing in the apple? Uh, yeah, I don't I don't want to know because they, they look really surprised. One, yeah. we, one doesn't appear to be wearing pants. No. Put it that way. Remember how in the legend William Tell shot an apple off his son's head? You remember that? Mm-hmm. Everybody remembers that. Another son offers himself as a similar target and runs into unexpected danger when a murderous crew takes an unscheduled part in the shooting. And the Green Arrow and Speedy need both their wizard arch- archery and their wits as they are caught in a maze of peril with crime at the core. They use wizard archery a lot. To describe yeah. Green Arrow, but uh, we open in a little country town, USA. A touch of the old world lends color to the new. Americans of Swiss ancestry reenact the high spots of that brave country's history with ceremonies both colorful and inspiring. So, you think that's that's a subtle mockery of the Swiss because they were wow. famously neutral in World War II? Probably, yeah. It it actually might be <laughs> that brave country. They didn't put it in quotes, though. No. And so uh, we see a bunch of guys standing around in this old country town. Uh, they're standing around dressed as archers. They're just kind of loitering. They're like yeah. leaning up against buildings. And One, stuff. One's kind of like soliciting something out of a car. It appears like if you if you notice that. Yeah, maybe it's some sort of weird prostitution. Yeah, that's what it really is all about. Uh, but who, who happens along this scene? Want to watch me shoot an arrow? Oh, God. $20. Oliver, Queen, and Roy Harper stumble upon this scene. Better known as Green Arrow and Speedy. Do you you notice that, like, Oliver's blonde and he's wearing a suit and a hat that matches his hair? (laughs) And Roy Harper has red hair and he's wearing a suit that matches that? Perfectly matches, too. Um, I love, yeah, Green Arrow's outfit is just this... Bold yellow suit, and and a, and a yellow Maybe fedora. Tracy's from Swiss, is from Swiss ancestry. It could be, it could be. But Green Arrow looks really sharp, I have to say. Yeah. Um, and uh, Roy Harper points out, you know, it'll be really thrilling to watch the William Tell scene. Green Arrow is a big fan of Swiss uh, lore and mythology. He goes, uh, that's oh, at the yeah. end. There's plenty before that, but. But then immediately it's like, how about we skip all that crap and take a ride? He loves Swiss steaks. <laughs> and they get in they get in the arrow car, right? That's what that is. Isn't That's, it? Yeah, I know. I was, it's it was not good. disguised at all. They get in there as themselves, as their true identities. And uh then they see walking along the street, William Gunther, who plays a part of William Tell. He's a crack archer. He meant to say crackhead archer. <laughs> Because <laughs> William Gunther is is kind of he bumps into this box and he goes just ow he's thinking to himself my eyes are getting worse if only I had the money to pay for an operation what he means is money for more crack exactly some of that 
and it's cheap. You know, crack cocaine is like one. Yeah, of he the doesn't. He doesn't have a lot of money. Yeah, and just then his son comes up, and his... and again, this is another story of a young son and like an <laughs> you're right, father. a really old blind man. That's a good point. I mean, he's so old, his eyesight's failing. Yeah. His son comes up, and this is his son, Jimmy, who's who's going to do the, the the apple on the head thing. He goes, I'll tell him I can't see. I'm not going to risk shooting him, killing my son. I would not risk that for anything. Just then Jimmy goes, all set to shoot that arrow off like you do every year. I was telling Johnny here, his friend Johnny's there, how good you are. And Johnny goes, Jimmy thinks you're a good archer. He goes, I am, but my eye's not so good, kids. And just as he's about to tell him, Jimmy, of course, says, don't believe him, Johnny. He's just modest. I wouldn't trust anyone else to shoot an apple off my head. Uh, and the, the guy's thinking to himself, he's kind of, uh, it would break his heart if I didn't shoot. So maybe I'll just try. Maybe, maybe I'll just give it, a, give it a shot, you know, put an arrow right through his throat. Who, who knows? I like in this panel, uh, Johnny, the, the other kid, is just. He's got this weird grin on his face. <laughs> he doesn't even look at him. Johnny knows what's going on. Yeah, Johnny he can tell. He goes, I yeah. actually don't think he even wants to be. He's like, what am I doing here? Johnny's like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> Meanwhile, Ollie and Roy are driving along. When they hear rat-a-tat-tat-tat-tat, uh, Roy Harper says, listen, that's a Tommy gun or I'll eat my shirt. Oliver responds... Very unsettling. Never mind eating it. Just remove it. There's two unsettling things about that. One, you know, Oliver telling him just remove his shirt. Yeah. The other one is the fact that I think Roy was going to eat his shirt. Yeah, he was hungry because he hasn't been fed in days. They've been driving around in this ridiculous car. Uh, he says remove it because they're getting into costume. So they switch into their Green Arrow costumes as they're driving, apparently. Seconds later, it's a Green Arrow and Speedy who race towards the trouble in the same car. That yeah. they were driving before. I'll point that out. Uh, we see the uh, gangsters. And they appear... You see coming from their car, rat-a-tat-tat. So they're just shooting their gun off as they drive around. For no reason. Yeah. They say these country banks are a pleasure to crack. The hick cops don't stand a chance against our commie, Tommy guns. Just as the crooks round the bin, we see the main crook, Thunderhead. A really ugly guy. Kind of like He is ugly. I thought he was wearing like a fright mask. Yeah. Um, they see Green Arrow and Speedy. They're heading right for him. They crash with a big bang right into him. Um, the, all the goons jump out. Green Arrow punches Thunderhead in the face. This is a bang up ending for you, he says. And there, Thunderhead he lets out ye. a yee. The Green Arrow stories are filled with yees. They're the only ones where everybody yells yee, which makes me wonder Yee-hee. if the, the writing staff didn't know how people actually yelled. I mean, that's how they yell. All yeah, the time. it could be. It's the, the weirdo writing staff. Got the green arrow stories. <laughs> that would explain a lot. Uh, <laughs> just then, one of the, the goons gets a Tommy gun out. Speedy uh, disables it with his, with his arrows. Uh, just then, Thunderhead tries cold steel. He got, he's got a gun out. He's sneaking up behind Green Arrow. And I actually like this panel. We see. Green Arrow's fighting a goon in the background. Thunderhead's kind of menacingly creeping towards him. And if you notice his hand, his uh, left hand there, he's holding a knife in one hand, and his other hand is like this bizarre claw, mm-hmm. right? It's almost like yeah. a Freddy Krueger-type claw hand. This is where Wes Craven got the idea. For yeah, and, and, he, and nowhere else in the issue does his hand look like that. But I think it's it's kind of an interesting little weird detail. 
you know. Just as Thunderhead's about to stab Green Arrow, uh, Roy yells for him to watch out. They knock him down. Uh, Roy grabs, knocks a knife out of his hand. But then this other goon comes up, and it, he appears to just whack Green Arrow in the head with a spoon. That's what it looks like to me. You want those big stirring spoons? Yeah, it just knocks him out. Um, Do you notice that the Green Arrow story so far have all followed the exact same they, yes. beats? Yes. Here's here's every green. You can just unsubscribe from our from our podcast and and or at least skip all the Green Arrow stories and you know, follow this formula. Green. Roy and Oliver go somewhere. Something interesting is happening. Maybe it's an auction or a play. They drive off, encounter some crooks, get knocked out, wake up, escape a trap. The goons, meanwhile, interfere with the original thing in some way, usually by stealing costumes. <laughs> and uh, then Green Arrow and Speedy uh, thwart their plans, and everything is fine. Yeah, that's everyone. That's the exact same outline of every Green Arrow story so far. And so, what happens next? Green Arrow and Speedy wake up. The buildings. <laughs> I love this. They go like, "Looks like we're in an old deserted house." But why didn't they leave? tie us or leave the guards and green arrow just opens the door he goes oh now i understand the house is on fire <laughs> try another door turns out they're surrounded by flames um didn't he notice or smell smoke or heat or anything i don't he know he has no sense of smell yeah he's got a smelling arrow that he uses right yeah uh they're hemmed in on all sides by fire they climb up onto the roof they're trapped is this the yeah. end for the brilliant bowman so then the blind old man takes over as the yes. green arrow. Yeah, <laughs> I was hoping he's that would happen. The brown arrow, I guess. The brown, yeah, because he's wearing all brown. So we switch back to the, the country town. We see the old man thinking, soon it'll be time to shoot. And still I cannot make up my mind when I think I disappointed Jimmy. Uh, if only my eyes were better. He's Oh, my God. He'd this rather kill about, Jimmy. They'd He'd just, rather kill Jimmy than disappoint him. Yeah. Or horribly maim him at best. Because yeah. there's no way he's hitting that arrow. He's bumping into boxes on the street, for God's sake. <laughs> like, Jimmy'd rather be dead than let down. Uh, while through the streets of the festive town, we see all the archers and everybody. They're all drunk, having a good time. Right. But they're blocking the streets, and Thunderhead needs to get through. He goes, look at those fancy clothes. Uh, they are pretty fancy, I guess. Yeah, they're not. He goes, those archers slowed us up. We got to get away. Because if we had a good place to hide out, hey, I got an idea. And that panel we see just Thunderhead's head is yeah. really ugly. Mug. And uh, so they knock out a couple of the guys, change into their costumes. They see the old man, and, and they say, uh, make for that house, and don't try to yodel for help or else. Because they know he's a world-famous yodeler. Yep, yep. Uh, just then, inside that house, they got all the guys tied up in the basement. And they're all in their underpants. They're all in their underwear. They think, now we can walk around town and be safe from the cops. That's what Thunderhead says, but yeah, you better get a haircut. And I I love that, that they just cut his hair for the rest of the story. I also like that um Jimmy's dad yes, is yes. okay with this. He's like, you know, he goes, this is fine. Now I, don't have to, now I won't have to shoot at Jimmy. Yeah, so he's really, this is the best thing that's happened to him all day. <laughs> and he's not thinking, oh, maybe these guys are going to shoot and kill my son. Or, eh, nah, it's fine, it's fine. 
And uh, as they're well, walking around... He is thinking that, but he's like, well, at least I wouldn't have killed yeah, him. Yeah, it's like, now it's not Because he didn't want to be yelled at by his wife. He's like, anything. at least Jimmy won't be disappointed, or my wife yeah. won't be angry I killed our young son, my Russian bride. Yeah, <laughs> now it would just be that, you know, I was kidnapped and tied yeah, up. Yeah, it's, like, it's a good oh. excuse. Out just, of my hands. Just then the disguise is completed outside. We see Thunderhead strutting around, and he loves it. He goes, it's kind of cool, minus my hair. I like he says it's kind of cool. Yeah, he likes it. Just then, he's uh, start doing this regularly, you know. It's just start cosplaying everywhere. It just looks like a, a sheriff comes up, an old timey sheriff. It's got like this bolo tie and a cowboy hat. He goes, "I see you have Gunther's bow, but where's Gunther?" And uh, Thunderhead, quick on his feet as always, says, uh, "He don't feel so good. I'm taking over for him." And he goes, "All right, well, why don't you hurry up? We're about to begin." They put him in front. Jimmy's all ready with the apple on his head. Jimmy's thinking to himself. You know, who is this guy? Well, my dad trusts him enough to shoot, and so do I. He wouldn't give his bow to a bad archer. And then, uh... <laughs> it just proves that Jimmy wouldn't have been disappointed. Yeah, I know. Jimmy loves his dad. That's the truth. But Thunderhead's thinking to himself, well, if I don't shoot, they'll know something's up. I gotta take the chance, and if I kill the kid, it, you know, hey, I didn't ask to do this. They asked me, so it's on them. Meanwhile, you can, just, you can justify anything. Yeah. Meanwhile, at the at the burning down house, Green Arrow's trying to wave down an airplane. He he's gotten desperate because even if the airplane <laughs> saw him, they wouldn't be able to land in time. To it, it's just doomed. Um, they, they they know they're doomed. So instead, Green Arrow shoots an arrow up to the airplane, lodges it in the fus- fuselage, and they just whip off right as the blazing roof caves in, right in time, seconds, right away. And then they jump down right at the scene of the William Tell thing, right as the arrow is about to hit Jimmy or Johnny, whatever the hell his name is, right in the face. Green Arrow expertly shoots it out of the air. I mean, this all happened at the exact right. If that plane had been going in the wrong direction or – I mean, <laughs> this, this story would have made a different ending. It would have, it would have ended with Green Arrow in flames and Jimmy – uh, bleeding out, tied to that tree. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Thunderface um, going like, hey, is that my problem? Yeah, hey, look, I didn't ask to do this, all right? So, hmm, you can't... Legally, legally, I'm fine here. Exactly. The villains try to escape a green arrow, fire some uh, uh, explosive arrows at him. And then, as the villains are, like, just kind of... Uh, standing around, standing around Green Arrow goes ahead. He he knows the show has to go on. He shoots the apple in half on Jimmy's head. Always a showman. Always a showman. And then uh, later, they tie up Thunderhead to the tree. They put a what appears to be like a black apple on his head. I, I don't know if they ran out of red ink, but uh, with all that yellow suit that Green Arrow's wearing. Uh he goes, uh, Green Arrow says, this time the sun shoots an apple off a fake William Tell's head unless you tell him where you hid his father. So they, they're threatening him with violence. Yeah, with I mean, tor- torture and threats is how Green Arrow usually solves all yeah. crimes. And he again, uh, Thunderhead lets out a yee and says, stop him <laughs> or I'll tell everything, uh, you know, don't let him shoot at me. And so he tells him where they hit all the skies. They get the old man out. Get his clothes back. Yeah, they shot him anyway. And the Green Arrow says, uh, you know, we're going to help you out. We're giving you reward for catching those crooks. He didn't catch the crooks. He didn't do anything. He was captured by the crooks. Yeah, he, he like, 
participated in the crime in a way. Uh, he goes, now I can have an operation. I'll be able to play William Tell next year. Um, I wouldn't trust this old man. I don't either. He's probably dead by next year. Anyway. About a, yeah, about time to retire, I think. So Green Arrow Story, yes, it was formulaic. This one was a little bit better. Um, well, I did like the part where like Green Arrow tells Roy to take his shirt off, and then I also liked um, the old guy being excited that he was kidnapped. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Um, uh, the final story, Aquaman. Before we get to that, these old issues had some like pulp fiction in them. Yeah, like I don't know if you saw. Story. Yeah, and I story. and I didn't read this one by I know, Patrick I never Dobbs, but I just noticed the name was Redskin Ruse. Yeah, it was about the Washington Redskins. Yeah, and I just think it's uh, still a, a little unbelievable that the Washington Redskins keep that Are the name. Washington Redskins? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but there it is there. In the 1940s, it was an acceptable thing to publish in the yeah. kids' magazine. Um, maybe we should read some of those sometimes. I don't know. They might be good. Well, maybe, yeah. yeah. All right, moving on to the Aquaman story. The monster and the mermaid. I thought that the monster was going to be Aquaman. I did too. But uh, not so much. Well, he and, usually is the monster. Yeah, he is a monster. Weird and wonderful are the creatures that live in the sea. So weird, in fact, that sometimes people don't believe they exist until they see with their own eyes. But to mighty Aquaman who rules the sea, even seeing isn't believing. And the result is a prize package of peril. I love that. I love that line. With the sovereign of the sea battling between the monster and the mermaid. Uh, splash panel. Couple of guys on a rowboat trying to catch a mermaid with a big giant net. And Aquaman's grabbing the net. Looks like he's trying to help him, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I thought, they, I thought he was, too. And I thought when I saw this, there's not going to be a mermaid in this. And there kind of wasn't, but there also is. No. There is a mermaid, more or less. Yeah, this one actually kind of happens in a way. Yeah, but hasn't this... I swear, as we've read this story, that this... A very similar plot has happened before, where... Well, let's just get into it, and then we'll talk about <laughs> the similarities. Along a river pier, Captain Zeb Jones... Oh, and he's a world-famous... Yeah, he, he's walking around. He sees this... Uh, see the sea elephant admission 10 cents. It's kind of like a sea show. Or a show, a museum thing. He goes, I've and seen... these are big in whatever neighborhood that Aquaman lives in. Oh, yeah, because uh, this kind of thing, like, see this fake thing, come and visit it. Like, the, the there was a story about the Museum of the Seas, right? Yeah, yeah. That's this very like a, similar to this story. Yeah, this is like a common Aquaman thing. Yeah. People are just, like, drawn to sea stuff. Yeah. So Zeb's thinking to himself, he's seen sea serpents, but he's never heard of a sea elephant. He, you know, 10 cents, he'll pay, he'll take a look. He gets inside, he lets out a big arg. he's pissed. Because it's just this ridiculous looking whale with a fake elephant's head fitted on. It's a fraud. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it is something that they have a stuffed whale, I will say. I, I know, it's pretty cool, actually. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a novelty for 10 cents, though. But uh, Zeb is. is so I'm curious. Did they just take this stuffed whale and like glue some elephant? Yeah, I, elephant I bet it's. Elephants? I bet it's a real. It's it's really poorly done. Although it's as we see later, it is it is water resistant. It is. Yeah, yeah I will say, crazy glue. Yep. <laughs> uh, Captain Zeb says to himself, and and you know, fools pay good money to see it. 
and he is one of those fools. He he's trying to blame it on other people. He's like, I I wasn't fooled by this. I no, yeah. Uh, wonder how much they'd give to look at a critter worth seeing. I at first I thought, I oh god, what's he gonna whip out here? No, oh my god, here in front of everyone. He's mm-hmm. like, how about this? Ten cents for you, this critter. But no, like a mermaid. That's Ooh. an idea, Captain. That it's... is an idea. I mean, I will give him that. That is an. That's idea. what he says. He goes, "That's an idea." He's referring to himself in the third person, Captain Zeb Jones. You have hit on the way to make a fortune. I would say no because people have done this exact thing just two issues ago, Zeb. But anyway, he's got. Uh, you gotta say Zeb's kind of hip. I mean, he's got that goatee and that like orange do rag. Yeah, and he's got this like old pipe, like a hipster pipe going on. Yeah, but it's perpetually filled with weed. Yeah. Oh, Captain Zeb. That's why he's like, yeah, mermaid man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so just a few days later, he somehow gets a mermaid. He goes, step right up, 10 cents, see the mermaid, the news spreads. And soon among the curious visitors, we see the ruler of the watery realms, Aquaman in disguise. I love Aquaman's disguise. It's like a trench coat. He appears to be wearing his Aquaman, uh, uniform underneath. Uh, Also a yellow fedora. It's very funny that we mentioned Dick Tracy at the beginning because two out of three stories featured very prominently a yellow fedora. Do you think he borrowed that yellow fedora from? I like to think, yeah, they, there's that he borrowed that, and uh, yeah. Uh, Do you think all these guys just like trade? They just wear clothes, yeah. They have like a clothes swap party, some kind of freaky stuff. Um, Do you uh, think they they change their clothes and eat sherbet out? <laughs> uh, Aquaman. Also, the the trench coat he's wearing is bright orange, which is really awesome. Aquaman singing to himself, you know, I've been to every ocean. I've never seen a mermaid. A mermaid. I've been to every ocean on the earth, and I've never seen a mermaid. I wonder what this faker is selling. Aquaman's looking at the mermaid. She's swimming around. It looks real, but she's he's no mermaid. He's skeptical of everything, she's, she's coming up for air. He knows that no mermaid needs to breathe air. He knows about mermaids. Mm-hmm. So while the mermaid comes up for air, we see the other guys. The guys running that... Uh, <laughs> The um, sea elephant. the sea elephant ring. They haven't had a customer all day. It's ruining their business. Well, I mean, it's kind of hard to have two competing, like water-based freak shows. Water-based freak shows. There's only room for one, and yeah. they're like, "Well, we got to put the mermaid out of business. We'll, let's snatch her. We're gonna kidnap her." So later that night, they row up to the mermaid tank. They kidnap her. Uh, so this isn't a real mermaid, obviously. Why is she no. still there at night? Did when she go home? She's still That's in true. the tank. I huh. don't know. I get. I guess Zeb makes her sleep there. Yeah, he's he's like, look, I we can't have competition here. It's very, very cutthroat. You got to stay here. Well, I mean, this is probably the most cutthroat industry. Oh yeah, the sea based freak sea based freak shows. Yeah. So they kidnap her. They tire up. They're trying to be quiet unexpectedly. I love this. They're rowing in the dark, and Aquaman just pops up, and he goes, what's that? <laughs> and then they they start rowing away really fast, and Aquaman goes, oh, wait a minute. They're holding that girl against her will. Like the them tying her up and yelling, her yelling for help didn't clue him in. No. I mean, he was, Aquaman was just kind of like cruising for friends. Yeah, he goes, hey, guys, what's up? You, you know, want to play some Settlers of Catan? Aquaman really loves that. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. He 
Uh, they, they just then the goons throw the mermaid overboard. They've got her tied up. They're like, you know, nobody can have her. This will put him out of business. So Aquaman swims down. He can't find her. It's very dark. Uh, just then he sees her wedged underneath. Well, if she was a mermaid and they thought she was a mermaid, wouldn't she just be fine if they threw her in their water? Well, they got her tied up. They got her tied up, I think, yeah. is what they... Oh. That's that's what they thought, at least. Very poor. So she's tied up throughout the rest of this issue, by the way. They never untie her, if you know. I've, I've often wondered this about Aquaman. Yep. On the, in the middle of his belt, he's got that big pointy A. Mm-hmm. Everything that ever points is, like, points him in the Yeah, it looks, it looks like, uncomfortable. Or something. Yeah, I feel like he designed it himself, went somewhere, got it got it made up. And uh, the guy was like, you know, this isn't going to be very comfortable. And Aquaman's like, no, 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 this is what I want. And he's too embarrassed to admit that it is extremely yeah. uncomfortable, so he keeps wearing it. Because it does look very uncomfortable. It, like, points into his stomach, kind of. And uh, so uh, the mermaid's trapped underneath a this old sunken ship. Aquaman can't lift it up. She's going to drown. But just in time, he gets a bunch of... Uh, his fishy friends to pull pull the boat away. He lifts her out above the water. The mermaid revives, so she's coming too now. And if you notice in the background, she still is all tied up. They never yeah. untied her. No, I, well, I'll, I mean, it turns out Zeb's her dad, and yeah. he refused. He has her tied up twenty four seven. Yeah. So Zeb says the only I, time she's ever seen the outside is when he threw her in that fish tank. That's true. He goes, "I owe you my daughter's life." I wish I could find those rogues that kidnapped her. And Aquaman goes, don't worry, leave it to me, but why don't you, you stop the mermaid thing? Okay, it's not working out. And Zeb's, even though his daughter almost died, he's like, eh, yeah. you know, people like it. So I know, making excuses for it. And Aquaman says, justify what he's been doing. There are other ways to make a living. We'll talk after I've taken care of those rats. See you later, Zeb. That's what Aquaman says. <laughs> so later, Aquaman's climbing onto the... I like Aquaman because he's, like, the most casual in his conversation of all superheroes. Yes, yes. Definitely. Like, very I'll, I'll talk to you later, okay? With his inter- He's like, yeah, do whatever, yeah. With his interactions with um, the villains and people, he's very casual. Just, yeah. like, coming up to the villains in the boat, just saying, like, hey, what's what you guys got there? You know, <laughs> I feel like Aquaman is a real genuine guy. Yeah, I do, too. So, he, moments later, Aquaman's coming up onto the, the goon's boat. They see him. They start trying to wail at him. No pun intended there. Wail at him with uh, <laughs> with some pipes. But Aquaman's punching him in the stomach. He goes, don't be like so... It like the one punch exploded one of them. Yeah. Aquaman says, don't be so eager to put in your oar. And this should teach you to stay out of harm's way. He's punching him. They're hitting each other. Uh, just then, one's got a gun. And he's like, all right, here's the payoff, Aquaman. He, Aquaman says, I never take payment in lead, only cash money. <laughs> they shoot a bullet, and Aquaman just so happens to be standing in front of these giant drums labeled gasoline. He throws the drum in front of the bullet. It explodes. The whole boat catches on fire. Aquaman jumps out. The goons get into their boat. They start to row away. Just then, um, they, what? Go ahead. I was going to say, they think Superman. They think Aquaman's eating it, basically. Yeah, they think Aquaman's inside those the fiery wreckage. Just then they see this thing. It looks like a big giant fish. What is it? It's the sea elephant. He's come alive. And they're like, how can he be alive? We He's made like him Frampton. <laughs> He's uh, whipping him with, the, with his trunk. And, and I love the sea elephant's talking. He goes, grr, who says I can't be alive? <laughs> and uh, they leap out of their boat. 
Aquaman sinks a boat. He goes, hey, just kidding, guys. It's Aquaman. I let the monster swallow me just like Jonah. And they're like, oh. oh." Jonah Hill. Yeah, that's what he meant. Jonah Hill eats a lot of Aquaman. Yeah. Uh, and I love how Aquaman's just kind of just kind of joking with him. He's like, "Hey, take it easy, guys. It's just me." <laughs> uh, he lets him go. I mean, he's like, "You guys can leave. I don't care." Yeah, it's like just swim back, whatever. I'm I'm, I'm taking this elephant thing. All right, we cool. Uh, <laughs> later, uh, Aquaman goes back. He's got some unfinished business with with Zeb, and Zeb says, "I'm taking your advice. No more mermaid. We're done with it." But instead, he gets Billy Bud's Watercade Mermaid Ballet. And everybody's loving it. It's making oh, even better do. money than the, the original Mermaid. <laughs> That's what it is. They strip out of their... And Aquaman's like, this isn't exactly what I had in mind, but it's it's not so bad. Yeah. And that's it. He had the thing for the Aquaman. had the thing for the redheads because uh, Zeb's daughter's redhead. Oh yeah, that's true. And then Mira, you know. Oh, that's true. Hair. All right, that's it. Um, you know, I would say a weak issue overall, but still had some yeah, good moments. Yeah, I, would, I would agree. Had yeah. some good moments. Um, if you want us to cover anything else, we're going to keep going, marching through the adventure comics of the 40s. But if there's a something or a superhero you want us to cover, send us an email, stevenandy at gmail.com. We still haven't gotten any new emails as far as I know. Leave us a review on iTunes. We have to sign up for Anastasia Global. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get a lot of yeah disturbing emails in. Their slogan, love knows no boundaries. That's kind of nice. It's a nice slogan. Four million users. Can you believe that? Wow, that's a lot. Uh, go to facebook.com slash Steve and Andy, all one word, and uh, comment there. We'll put, some, we'll put the, uh, the, uh, the blank toy on there. You can check it out. And yeah. uh, All right. Any closing comments, final words for our listeners? Not really. I mean, um, Anastasia Global is yep. mostly used by wealthy American men between the ages of 35 and 60. All right. We're, we're a little under the demographic, but, you know, we could still. Yeah. That, I would say wealthy American men between the ages of 35 and 60 are our primary demographic as Steve and Andy. Ours all, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, all you wealthy American men out there. <laughs> We'll talk to you the next, next Wednesday as usual. Exactly. See you later. Yeah.